0: Hi. You're listening to God Goes in Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha J, and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Sharitha J, and I am here with Senator Kim Jackson for another episode of God, Goats, and Government. Hey, Senator Jackson.
1: Hey, Sharitha J, it's always great to see you.
0: Listen, you know, I'm always excited to see you as well. It is another week under the gold dome, another week in the life of all things Kim Jackson, so I'm ready to get into this recap.
1: Let's do it. Well, first of all, I just want to uh, maybe retract. I'm not sure, at least expound on the whole possum and raccoon issue that we talked about in last session. Uh, So the funny thing is, as we were recording last week's conversation about raccoons and possums and whether or not you should be allowed to hunt them and trap them year round, as we were talking, my Senate inbox was being filled up by people who supported the bill (laughs) unlike the day before it was all these people who didn't support it and who were calling and emailing suddenly on monday by monday um so three days after our recording i had over 600 emails from people in favor of the bill
0: wait what okay so just for 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 me i know our listeners are up to speed on this bill right but for me remind me of the issue at hand with this particular bill
1: right so really quickly this is a house bill it hasn't gotten over to the senate quite yet it would change the hunting period for raccoons and possums right now in georgia there's a time during the year in which you cannot hunt or trap raccoons and possums and this would eliminate it making you able to hunt and trap possums and raccoons year round. That is the basis of the bill, and I received lots and lots of phone calls, as we talked about last session, from people, my own constituents, um, who were very clear that they felt like this was cruel because it would kill, you know, possums during, you know, kidding season, and um, that they just completely rejected the notion of this bill. And I was all for that, like 200 calls at least, right? And then, as I said, you know, I suddenly open up my inbox and it's just overflowing with all these people who are like, yes, we need this bill because, check this out, Sharitha it's so relevant to my life. Because their argument is possums and raccoons don't, um, they <laughs> basically are murderers of, wild turkeys and other birds that nest on the ground or lower nesting birds for example chickens right which has always been my whole thing of like whoa whoa whoa, possums and raccoons destroy destroy backyard chickens in ways that are you know horrible so like my instinct was to be like yeah let's trap these bad boys and so that's the, the other 600 people have been like, no, like this is killing the wild turkey population. Then this is like going to hurt these like low grass nesting animals, birds who can't fight for themselves. It's, it's been very interesting. So at the end of the day, I mean, I still stand by what I said. I will vote no for the bill because my constituents overwhelmingly, the ones who actually live in my district mm-hmm. are opposed to the bill. But it's been like super interesting.
0: Wow I, I can't even believe so we we now have turkeys in place so we've gone from possums and raccoons now turkeys and of course we care about the chickens you know you have to give us an update on the baby chicks as well because they very much so could be impacted by this bill
1: that is so true, but I'm happy to report that they are growing and healthy and safe. Um, we have two chicks that are left and they imprinted very firmly on that mother hen. And so um, I think that they're going to be great. They also have adopted, we have this uh, a, a rooster that, um, I should not say on the record. So we are borrowing a rooster currently and we keep it in a kennel so that it doesn't fertilize our, um, you know, our chickens. And the little chicks have just taken to this rooster and they go in because they're small enough to fit in the kennel. They go in and visit him and eat his food with him. It's really cute and sweet. So it's like they have an adopted father. And then, you know, so he protects them and then they're with their hands, so they're good. But you are correct. This bill could impact my chickens.
0: Okay, well, I honestly thought that the conversation was going to stop with last week's episode, but once again, Georgians, you keep me
1: on my toes. So, the people of District 41. Hey, y'all, y'all keep calling me and telling me how you feel about this. I will say we are bringing in an ecologist to talk to us specifically. I'm going to do my research thoroughly, early on this so we are bringing in um, an ecologist to talk to my office and my whole team about this whole issue um, so that we can get some real science involved in the conversation too
0: all right go science
1: <laughs> shout out to my science school teacher my wife
0: <laughs> keeping with this week, I you had a point of personal uh, privilege this week to speak on a pretty significant bill that is impacting uh, Georgians as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, just on on Thursday, um, SB four thirty five, which was a bill that would prohibit. Um, children from being able to play sports with the gender that they align with if that gender is different um, from the sex that they were assigned at birth. Um, Let me just begin by saying that the way we define gender in the law or the way they seek to define it in the law is actually non-scientific and completely antithetical to what it truly means. So there's already that kind of baseline Ridiculousness, like they say gender is um, what you were born with. We all know that gender is actually a social construct. It's sex um, that you were born with, but they refuse to even change that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's just, just, just listen to um, some, of my, some of my comments from the well. Arise this morning to speak to young women and to girls in our great state and beyond. I rise to speak directly to all girls, cis and trans alike. First, despite what others may say, I want to be clear. Trans girls are girls. Trans women are women. And we see you. You see, when I was growing up, sports were a central part of my life. However, back then, in the early aughts, adults said incredibly cruel things to me about gay athletes. At first, they pretended like same-sex attraction wasn't real. Then, when they could no longer deny that, they said that people who love like me, that people who are gay, they said that there was something wrong with us. Adults said that we didn't belong in the same locker rooms with people of our same gender. They made straight athletes feel afraid by suggesting that a gay athlete would make a sexual advance or touch them inappropriately during games. As a consequence, many gay athletes didn't feel safe to come out. I didn't feel safe to be who I truly am. In college, I became an elite athlete, and I had the great privilege of representing our country on the United States national team. I played team handball on the world stage, proudly wearing a uniform with USA emblazoned on the back while never feeling free to be my full self. As I stand here today, The very accusations and mischaracterizations that were hurled at me some 20 years ago are now being used to harm a new generation of children. And I want you to know that they were wrong to be afraid of us and to deny us of our dignity then. And they are wrong to be afraid of you and to deny your dignity now. I am committed to creating a world where you do not have to go through what I went through. I am committed to creating a world where girls, all girls, get to feel safe and free to be exactly who they are. Finally, with the authority that I have as a trained theologian and ordained pastor, I want all young women all girls and non-binary students to understand this. You are loved by God. You are created in the image of a God who transcends any human concept of gender, feminine, masculine, and non-binary alike. Friends, you are loved. I yield the well. Share with us what
0: this moment meant for you um, I noticed that you didn't actually debate the issue.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I, I chose to do a personal point of privilege, which is in the morning. It's before the debate begins. Um, I think first and foremost, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to debate the existence of trans people. That's not up for debate. That's real. I mean, I didn't want to debate the the value, the dignity, the the importance of trans children's existence and the role that sports could play in their lives. For me, that's not up for debate. Those things are just simply truths. Um, And I think also because I am the only out member um, in the Senate from the LGBTQ community, I... I needed to create some space from the debate to be able to just be who I am fully, and not have to wear the senator hat. Right? Like I, that's. I think that's the beauty of a point of personal privilege. Like people stand up there and they wish their wives and husbands happy anniversaries. Right? They they tell their mothers how much they love them. It's it really is a point of personal privilege where you you get to say these things that. Um, that I think are really separate from any kind of debate. And I wanted to use that space um, to be who I fully am, which is uh, a black woman who was a gay athlete, who played um, elite sports um, to the highest level on a world stage where I could not be out because I lived in a time, which let's be honest, it's still that time, where it made, people made really horrible accusations about how gay athletes might behave on the field or in the locker room, um, and I just wanted to tell those truths. But more importantly, as you you heard from that clip, you know, as I was kind of preparing for that that conversation, I knew in my heart that that the best thing that I could do for any any girl who was listening was to tell them that they were loved. Um, and in so many ways, I think that was, that was the pastoral thing to do. I think that was the, the right thing to do, but it also, it's the thing that I wish somebody had said to me when I was, you know, 17, 18, 19 and struggling with my own sexuality and feeling like I was a piranha. Um, I wanted somebody who had some authority to say to me that you were loved and created in God's image. And so um, that's what I did. And I did it as a point of personal privilege because um, I wanted to speak theologically. And I don't think that debate, formal debate around the law is the place to do that. Um, I'm always trying to define and, and tease out where the separation of church from state works and how that fits. And um, I think the point of personal privilege places the where I is where I could be a pastor and a theologian.
0: Well, it certainly sounds like a God moment to me.
1: Yeah, you know, ironically, somebody um, retweeted that that portion of my speech and says this sounds like heresy to me. And I read the quote, like they were quoting me, where I say, you, you are loved by God. And I'm just like how in the world and it goes on to say right I say you are loved by God and then I say you are loved by a God who transcends all human concepts of gender and I'm just like if that's heresy let me be a heretic please because that is the kind of God that I want to be a part of is a God who loves us all full stop which is what I was saying
0: absolutely I think about what this moment means to a younger generation, specifically your younger constituents. Just last week, we talked about Bethany, who you were able to sit down and have lunch with and spend time with her and her family. And those conversations that you've had at the Capitol with the students from Clarkston High School, this moment solidifies or shows your solidarity and you standing in your truth um, and being who you are and really and truly at the end of the day that's all any of us can do there's only one of you right so be the best you you can be so I really commend you on using the platform that you have and making space for this I know I know it it will it will make a difference
1: yeah. Well, thank you, Sharitha. And if anybody watches the video, they'll see that I'm, I'm kind of constantly looking up. I'm, I'm looking up into the gallery where there were a bunch of girls, um, high school girls who were there to hear the, the debate. And so I, I'm, I'm talking to them. That's why I kind of keep looking up. And also outside there were they could not have been even high schoolers yet who were clearly like these queer kids whose parents, God bless them, let them come down to the Capitol with all these signs that said, you know, let us play. And why are you being meanie pants? And, you know, so it was beautiful and it was holy. And, um, and the reality is Nobody was there to talk to them. They were they were only there to protect, and I use that in air quotes, you know, cis girls who aren't quite fast enough uh, to to win. And I wanted to talk to them. And that that's what I really tried to do. I wanted to talk to the girls and to the trans kids out there who where they are with their their really wonderful signs and who would be watching on TV with bated breath trying to figure out how these grown folks were going to change their lives.
0: Thank you, Senator Jackson, for making space. Again, I, I I don't take it lightly and I know those girls, they won't either. So in keeping with all things, kim jackson we have our update on the possums and the raccoons and now the turkeys right right (laughs) is there anything else happening that we need to know about your constituents are taking advantage of your call to action to follow up and let let you know what's happening
1: yeah, so um, I can talk a bit about some of the broader things that are happening, but since it's my podcast, I'm going to talk about my bill. Um, as you all may remember, and for those of you who've been following along, if you haven't, I had a bill that was heard in Judiciary Committee almost on, like, very close to the very first day. I mean, it was the very first committee meeting of Judiciary, Senate Judiciary, around changing the definition of stalking, and that hearing was supposed to involve a vote it turned into a hearing only because we got so much pushback it was a mess um and so i went back with the advocates and with the people who were opponents of that bill and we have a compromise i am extraordinarily proud to report that. Um, We have a compromise. And so my bill will be back in Senate Judiciary. Um, By the time this podcast drops, we will have already been in um, Senate Judiciary. And our main opponent uh, to that bill who was on that committee, I've already spoken with him. Um, Senator Cowzard, I want to say uh, Senator kowser gave me probably the highest compliment that he's capable of giving me, which was he said to me, <laughs> I say that, I don't say that tongue in like I, I, I think it's true, he gave me the highest compliment, which is he looked at me when I said to him, Senator, we've worked out a compromise and I, I'd like to know if you'd be willing to go along with it. I explained the compromise to him and he looked at me and he said, Kim, I am really impressed with you. I, I like it. I'm really impressed with you. I've been watching you work and I appreciate how hard you have worked to understand these issues and to come up with a compromise. Um, it's a high, high compliment from a man like Senator Cowser, let me tell you. And so I am proud of this. I'm excited. I, we will fly through the Senate Judiciary Committee. Whether we'll be able to get it all the way across the finish line is always a different question. But um, for me, this is a huge win and it's a huge win for the advocates because while we won't change the criminal definition of stalking, we will open up a pathway for people to still be able to get a TPO if they are being violated and stalked inside of their own homes. So it's a win. I'm excited about it. And I look forward to kind of reporting about how it goes throughout the rest of the session.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, you don't stop. And I, I mean that. And look, that's a, a compliment. It's not calling you out because you you could have easily said, okay this didn't fly. Moving on to to the next one. To the next bill, but you continue to seek out an opportunity to reach across the aisle. This is fascinating to me. What drives you in this way? I mean, I know that you are a legislator and also a priest and you you balance these two and of course much more. But what drives you to continue to reach across the aisle in this way?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I don't author bills that I don't believe in. Um, Now, I'll sign on to some bills that I think are, you know, they're not going to hurt anybody or it's a great concept. But if I author a bill, if I introduce a bill, I believe in it. And I believe specifically that it's going to help somebody. And sometimes it'll help a lot of people. Sometimes it's a very small group. But with this bill around changing the definition of stalking, I believe and I know that lives will be saved from it. And so that's what drives me, right? Um, When I passed the last stalking bill that allows people who are victims of stalking to get out of their lease and to move to a safer place with an address that's unknown to their stalker, I got phone calls, like people picked up the phone and called me and shared with me, their horrible stories of being stalked for years and years and being trapped. And so it's their stories that motivate me, right? It's their faces. Um, it's knowing that there are so many stories that I won't ever hear that are impacted by this kind of law that says that drive me to make a difference. And you know, and I just want to also add the the critiques of my original bill. You know, came from the criminal defense lawyers, and I, I always tell folks I don't ever want to get on the side on the wrong side of criminal defense attorneys. Um, I those are kind of my people, right? Um, the people who fight for. I mean, honestly, Sharitha, they're the people who fight for our folks, right? They're the the people who fight for are members of common ground. Um, and so when the defense lawyers came at me and were like, we don't like this bill, I was motivated to find a compromise. And you know, they're they're not ever going to fully, fully support um, this bill, but this compromise, it came from them. And so they're at least not going to, they're not going to object to it. And so This is a huge win. Um, Being a part and a member of the minority party, I have learned in just this short time that I've been in session is that we have to redefine what a win is because it may not show up on the scoreboard, but being able to get a Republican who has been a very vocal opponent to this bill to come along and say, yes, I will stand down. This is a compromise that I agree with and, and can believe in. That's a huge victory and, and I will carry that um, in my heart and it will inspire me to continue to work across the aisle and to continue to find ways uh, to work with Republicans to, to get, get bills passed that save people's lives.
0: This particular bill, I, I listen to you and the passion that you have behind it and it's clear that you believe in it and an issue like stalking is very much so fear-based and the opposite of that, or the ideal solution, is, is hope, and I think that's exactly what you've you've given given people who are impacted by this particular issue. Yeah, thanks, Sharitha. All right, Senator Jackson. That said, I think we've done all that we can do this week. Thank you for another <laughs> recap and keeping us up to date on what's happening under the gold dome as well as in the barnyard. And also finding those moments to seek God. That's it. To our listeners, it's been another fantastic episode of God, Goats, and Government. We hope you'll come
1: back and join us. Until next time, and to those who participate in the sacred traditions of Lent, I wish you a blessed Ash Wednesday, and may you have a holy Lent. Be well, y'all.